if you can do that, fellas, and you've given your best effort in that compartment, I, I, I mean, I'm, that's success to me. Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. Uh, my name is Ray McIntyre, and I'm joined once again by my guy, BZB. On today's episode, we have Craig Giannino, who is the Director of Player Development with University of San Francisco, Dons, uh, and a great, great baseball mind. Has... Uh, but before we get to that, how are you doing, BZB? I'm doing great, but I think we went uh, some slow-mo here. I think the connection is not doing good. I saw that. Am I still lagging? <laughs> you're good. Now you're back. I'm doing great, Ray. I'm doing great. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what I just said, in case any of you didn't hear me, uh, Craig Giannino is joining us today for the podcast. He is the director of player development uh, with USF Dons um, and a great dude, great baseball minds. Before we get to that, how are you doing, BZB? I am doing great, Ray. It's a great day, beautiful day, ready to go. I got the uh, follow your dreams back here. Shout out Mac Miller. Yeah, Let's shout go, Shout out to the, gosh, the whole background and backdrop. And I said that before you got on today, because <laughs> I, I, I had put down the, the video of our NFT announcement that comes out today, September 9th, Thursday, that you're listening to this probably in the future, but check it out. But the background looks fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm amped on it, man. I'm, I'm just used to have something behind me instead of just a blank wall with a weird corner over here. It adds depth. It really does. Cause I can, I, before it did feel like the wall was like on your neck and now it looks like you got some space. I feel like I can move baby. I'm like a peacock. Right. I got to fly, baby. I got to fly. Let them fly, <laughs> man. Anyways, what's new with MLU? I know we got some things cooking up in the, the, the kitchen. What you got? Yes, sir. We got some really cool projects coming up here. We're partnering with a little project that we're coming out with here. And, and by the time you listen to this, it should be released This Project Sandlot moving into the NFT space, uh, online, digital currency, digital wallets, right? It's really cool. If you, if you need more info, which I'm assuming most of us do, I needed it big time. We have a really cool article on our website that Ray wrote that shows you exactly how to get in, exactly how to get on board and to be a part of this movement for us. And we really believe that this is going to change the game. It's something that we can provide more value to our our team, our people, right? Our community, the people that we get to work with and for longevity too, kind of where the world's going uh, today. So that's been new, man. And everything else has been good. And I'm waiting for the weather to turn a little cooler out here in Arizona, yeah, man. Right, but man. it's uh, soon. I'm waiting for that fall, baby. It's, it's kind of fall season close. We're excited. The NFT portion, the Project Sandlot, first of all, just so the people that didn't get the chance to see the video, everyone that followed us up until yesterday is getting hooked up, right? They're all getting a free one. That's We want to onboard as many people as possible and get them introduced to this world that you and I are now in that is just so much fun. You know, like, again, I said, I feel like a kid again, just playing, you know, with the homies in the backyard, some magic cards or something, you know, it's just yeah. a good time. But uh, yeah, hopefully that weather changes out here. It, we're back up into the almost a hundred, dude. Like it's been cooking Jeez. the last couple of days. So anyways, uh, let's get into the good news of the week. Uh, good news of the week. Starting out, um, number one, Derek Jeter, mm. the GOAT, inducted in the Hall of Fame. 
What you got? Uh, there was a post. I think it was MLB or somebody posted it. And they said, is Derek Jeter the greatest shortstop of all time? And I said, or what number? Like, where would you rank him? And I put one and I got blasted. <laughs> I got blasted. How am I getting blasted for Derek Jeter, man? Come yeah. on. He's the captain. Uh, there was a famous quote. And it was by somebody else, I think, about Derek Jeter, about how he carried himself. You can never tell if he was three for three or 0 for three. And just the way that he led, man, he's one of the greatest leaders of all time. The dude did it the right way. He was incredible as an athlete, a player. I mean, all those World Series, come on, man. That's like the coolest thing. The childhood dream, man, growing up in the 90s, like being a 90s baby. Derek Jeter was the 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 best player in the league, man. He was your favorite player, at least for me. And so seeing him get in there, such a cool moment. And what a classic MLB move doing it middle of a Wednesday. Like what? <laughs> Gary give Sheffield the dude some that credit. Out. Yeah, give the dude some credit. Man. He's like the greatest shortstop of all time. You're going to throw it midday Wednesday after a three-day weekend where people were rattled anyways. Come on, MLB. Shout out to Derek Jeter, though. Let's go. Jeter's a goat. And, and you know who else feels the same way you do is coach Milner with uh, ACU. He, he yeah. tweeted at us this morning. He said something like, like, who's the clown that was the one no vote on that ballot? <laughs> How right do you there not for vote? Jeter? <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, what's the reason? Give me a break. Well, there's a lot of people out there, man, that, that are just like, hey, he won a lot of championships. He was the captain on those teams. But his his statistics aren't like, astronomically higher than other people so like that's why they don't they're looking at the numbers they don't look at the whole um the the captain himself the man uh respect that's Anyways. that's that's why the analytics and uh, don't even give me any analytics. Like, <laughs> oh, they're no, good in ways well. they're good in ways old but, school hey, and new school let's go <laughs> um last good news of the week uh the matrix uh is coming out with a new movie in december Ooh. Did you did you ever watch the Matrix series when you were growing up? I did. I wasn't a huge fan though. I wasn't like uh, really big into it. I, yeah, I can't. It's, I'm a big comedy dude. You know, I don't really care <laughs> for anything else. I like comedy. As far from <laughs> comedy as possible. <laughs> I know it just put me on this terror, like this crazy mind mind twirl. So, uh, I like the Matrix. I'll probably go watch it. Am I excited? Nah, not really. Uh, I'm excited. I've, I've seen all three. I, uh, one of my first CDs, weird, weirdly enough, was like the second Matrix soundtrack. And so it was like That's this awesome. weird, like bongo drums and stuff, like <laughs> wild. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Third, third Matrix coming out. Keanu Reeves doesn't look like he's aged a day in his life and is still playing the same character he has in every movie that's ever been made with a minute. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I had for good news of the week. Anything else from you? That's it, man. Keep rolling. All right. On to this week's. Uh, this week's Zen. I wanted to talk a little bit of golf. Golf has been on my mind a little bit. I haven't been out. Um, I haven't been out in a while. It's probably a good thing. I've, I've, I've come to center on all of this <laughs> and I feel better about it now. So, uh, but golf. How do you, um, cause you're not the best golfer either. How do you stop a spiral? Right. Like, and, and this can happen anywhere, right. On the field, it, it'll happen. It could happen in one bad play, one bad throw, one bad pitch. Uh, how do you stop that kind of spiral? And, and let's use the golf course as the example where we'll say, you know, we'll, we'll say you just shanked one in the trees probably didn't happen, but we'll say you did. How do you stop a spiral from happening? Uh, 
Great question. I'm looking for advice. <laughs> uh, the golf course and the golf. That's tough. That's tough. I, I'm, I'm King Shank and I hit the, a lot of balls in the houses. Uh, I like when I hit it straight, so I can't say I'm yeah. the greatest golfer. Something that's helped me though, is focusing on my breath when I'm doing it. I try and like, we, we obviously talk about this stuff all the time and sometimes it gets hard to practice it, especially when you get in the heat of the moment and you're going out there and you want to compete and maybe you're competing against your brother, a sibling or a friend and you guys are betting or whatever you guys are doing in your golf. Maybe you're just going out on your own day. And so my goal is, hey, deep breath, then execute my swing. And what I found was the more that I take a deep breath, the straighter I end up hitting the ball. Does that mean I'm good? No, it does not mean I'm good at all. I'm very, very average, which would probably mean below average. But... When I take a deep breath before I, I take a swing, when I get up there, especially on my irons, I'm not very good with my irons. When I take a deep breath and relax, I hit the ball further and cleaner. When I try to crank it in those times where, hey, and this always happens, middle of the rounds, you're feeling yourself. You're like, man, I'm, I might actually break uh, my record score of like 100. Right? <laughs> it's like, I might get in the 90s or I might even hit the 80s today. What? And then you start trying to crank it and then it starts shanking or, or top spinning or you just chunk it and you have no chance. So... That is something that I would recommend if you're a golfer out there, take a deep breath, then execute your swing. It doesn't matter about the past shot. doesn't matter about the future one, this pitch mentality and anything we do. So just using that reset button that we talk a lot about of the breath and then the positive self-talk, man, it's really easy to be negative on the golf course <laughs> because oh, you're out so there and you're just you're so furious, easy, man. Dude. It's the easiest yeah. thing. And there's always a reason why your shot didn't go straight. That guy was yelling in his backyard. Somebody played his music too loud. My friend won't shut up. Like there's so many reasons why yeah. we aren't playing good. Let's focus on this pitch, this hit, this moment right here. Yeah, I don't know what it is. All these uh, lawn mowers have just come together to to start right in my backswing. All of them <laughs> have have figured that out. So, uh, yeah, that's been cool. The car uh, honks. It's like the dude, horn. Dude, I'm just getting ready. <laughs> Good, good catch. catch. Wow. Catch. That yeah, might for those be of you that didn't top <laughs> For those of you that are listening to this, Byler just did a full-blown fling of his pen out of his ear and caught it. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but what you said about the swinging hard thing, like when I relax and try and hit the ball like 100 yards, it's usually way further than planned. And I, I mean, you can take this right into, you know, your effort level when you're swinging, especially, uh, I think you can get, a, get away with a little bit more on the mound. Cause you're just kind of letting it eat sometimes, but uh, with the swing, especially if you are tense and tight, your the bat pass off that the, the time to contact is a lot slower. Like it just looks rigid, rigid, and it's not you. So um, I like that finding a way to, to slow it down, take it easy, swing at 80%. Again, a lot easier said than done when you've, you've had three, pearled holes you're one over through three and you're going this par five's reachable <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. i'm gonna hit it here and then <laughs> yep. see ya so well very good uh this week we have uh again we mentioned at the start of the the podcast craig giannino who uh he has been around right he's, he's bounced around at different coaches coaching stops uh he was at i want to say jay sarah right um down in in um the bay area here and uh which is an outstanding high school, first of all. And then to, to continue on with teaching the mental side and moving into USF, um, it's just a great conversation and a great dude, you know, and, and a guy you want in your corner for sure. So um, what do you think about the interview? Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. The dude's awesome. Uh, brings a lot of positive energy. Uh, something that it's going to get into the interview with is like, we both like to move a lot when we're speaking and moving around yeah. the stage. And when yeah, you're confined you to a screen, it's really hard. So sometimes the hands are going everywhere. And uh, that that's the, that was a fun part. He's doing a great job, man. And he's, he's moving into a role where he can help more teams. He can help more people. Uh, he's living out what he preaches about. And just this, the structure that they have there, the uh, intentionalness of what they're doing is incredible. And I just love hearing him talk, man. I learned so much from this and just the leadership component, right? Being who, you're, who you say you're going to be taking ownership and continuing to stay forward on the path is so awesome. Without further ado, Coach G. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. Um, you heard the intro before, but we got Coach G here live and ready to go. We are fired up for you, Coach. Um, how are you doing, Craig? How, how's it been just since this whole summer been going and into the fall? We'll get into your story in a minute, but how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing great, man. It's uh, Mac and, and, and Austin. I, I can't be more excited to have the opportunity and the honor to be be on the show with you guys and, and just have a conversation and jump down some some holes and and just share experiences together and, and not only maybe maybe I can impart maybe one nugget through this talk but I also get a chance to learn from you guys so I'm excited things are going great man I'm really excited and fired up and I in the zoom screen it's really tough for me because I'm a pretty high energy guy so it's like the screen like contains me it's like I'm sort of like a caged rat so um <laughs> I gotta I'm working on that you know I'm working on that component of of my uh my relaxation piece. So <laughs> tough though, man, to be boxed up into this little two inch, three inch by three inch screen and square. It's challenging, man. I'd say for me, I'm a very similar coach and I like to roam. I like to use the, the, podium or the stage, whatever you want to call it the floor and so if i'm right. on a zoom like this and i have to talk into a mic i get like anxiety i'm like i don't like it or if i'm speaking and there's a microphone and they're like hey you can go stand up there on the podium and just say it i'm like can i just walk and go with my voice or can we just roam a little bit i feel uh, that so i feel sure. you <laughs> well good well coach we want to get into your story man I, the the whole motto of our our podcast is mindset leadership and culture you are doing amazing things at not only university of san francisco but we'll get into some of the new paths that you're going into here as we as we progress throughout the podcast and episode but um i want to get into your story man because you used to be a high school coach a head coach at a very well-known high school up there jay sarah in northern california have a couple of teammates at the university of nevada that went there and competed there and just seeing how competitive it was i remember being back in the bay area when i was living there last year and one of the guys runs a, i believe hit fast or something in the area and he said there was 60 or 70 guys going out for the varsity team and he said 45 guys or so aren't going to be playing high school baseball and I was just shocked like man that is insane it's a lot of athletes that are really good that aren't going to be playing um, but what is your story man I'm very curious and how you got into this field and kind of how it's all transgressed or progressed throughout your career yeah it, it goes deep man it runs deep it, it started in my childhood with um my father um put a glove on my hand when I was a little kid, but he did it after I got diagnosed with hemophilia, which is the bleeding disorder. And uh, it, it targets your joints and it, and it really impacts your mobility at a, at a young age. And I had to learn really quick uh, how to navigate and overcome and, and assure my parents at a young age that I was going to be okay, even though I had no idea what was going on. But 
they basically took me into the hospital like 16 months old because I had bruises all over my body. And they were like, hey, man, they're going to think we're abusing this kid. So we need to get him in. I have a twin sister, 16 month old, younger brother. Neither one of them affected by it. Um, but I'm a spontaneous mutation. So I'm the lucky one that got blessed with hemophilia. And really, that sort of has has given me a lot of perspective in my life and in my journey. At a young age, it was, you know, you're always told you can't do this because you're going to bleed. You can't do this because you're going to bleed. And so with the, you know, with the support of my family, my doctors, my, my friends, my teachers, uh, I sort of, I sort of went against the, the grain a little bit and told my parents, listen, I'm going to live on the edges just a little bit. I'm going to learn how to know my body and know when I need to shut it down but I'm going to take a few chances every once in a while. I'm probably going to pay the price, but I need to figure this out at a young age because I want to be treated just like everybody else. Um, so the big hurdle for me at, at six, five years old was uh, my mom infused me every time I had a bleed and I wanted to go away to camp with my buddies. I grew up in North beach in San Francisco and it was a camp that, that all, all my buddies went to and, and I couldn't go unless Number one, I had to be able to infuse myself. And number two, I had to have an adult be able to infuse me. So I was like, I'm in, like, I'm going to talk to the director of this boys club and I'm going to, I'm going to ask him if he'd be willing to learn how to infuse me. I'm going to learn how to stick myself. They, in the hemo world, they call it sticking yourself. So, so I learned when I was like six years old, how to stick myself so that I could be independent and be able to manage that part of my life when, when that bleed occurred. And so I'm a severe bleeder. It's mild, moderate, severe. Um, and so that was like the big thing. Like I was able to, I was able to solve a problem for myself at a really young age with the guidance of my family. My doctors were great. There was a lot of fear for my, my folks, um, but they never really let me see it. Right. They let me, they treated me like everybody else, you know? And, and so I, it started with seeing the so-called normal kids play their games and I wanted to do everything they were doing. And so there were some days where I did it to a fault, right? I, I would do it. I know I knew I had a bleed. I'd continue playing. And then when I got home and the door shut, I'd go infuse myself. But I was never going to let the kids really, unless it was a severe situation. But so that sort of formed my mind and, my, and shaped my perspective. And But I, I never let it affect or define who I was going to become, um, through my younger years. And so, um, I just, you know, it, it was a, it was a circumstance that I don't, I really don't know any different. So for me, it's a part of me, but I also think it's given me perspective and that's why I think I'm so passionate about helping, helping young men, helping people, helping humans just become the best that they can become and learning how to take, whatever obstacle or setback it is and turn that into an opportunity somehow, some way, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Uh, th there was a lot of challenge in my childhood with, with in, in, in the hospital, out of the hospital constantly. Um, but, but, you know, when I look back on it, I, I like, I'm blessed that I have hemophilia. Like I'm grateful that I have it because I don't know that I'd be the person I am if I didn't have it or didn't experience it. And so I get an opportunity to, to help the hemophilia community. Um, but I also, I don't talk about it much because it's just part of who I am. Um, but that, that really has, um, sort of started me down this path of, I just want to be able to help people around me and I want to help people 
understand you got more to give uh, on a daily basis than, than you think you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there was a lot of fear with my parents, you know, playing baseball. I played basketball and baseball through high school. I was an average athlete. I was a, you know, I was a work ethic guy that just loved the game, loved to compete, wasn't very talented, but it, it, I needed it. I needed the game to survive. It was, you know, I, I don't, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I, it's just, we talked about that yesterday, right? It's just sort yeah. of, it's, it's ingrained in me, like the passion to, to just, just to, to see what the game can teach you, um, see what the game, it, the game gives you in, in your life with people around you. Um, and so that's where, that's where it sort of started. Um, and then it led in my, into my playing career with, you know, every time I played for a new coach, right, it was like I had to go through the hemophilia talk. I had to have a trainer that understood it. I had to have players around me that understood that I could be in a bleed one day and on crutches, but the next day be okay because of the way the medicine works um, and understand that I'm not faking anything. If you see me on crutches one day and I'm back out there the next day, it's because of the medicine I have to infuse into myself. So anyways, um, wow. so that that's um, – that's part of my, you know, what, what led me into what I'm doing today and um, what I do now. Um, I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys, but um, that sort of, that sort of paved the way for my mindset and my mentality. I, I love hearing the story, the back end stories. Cause I have no idea coach that you went through any of this, right? I just see the energy. I see the passion. I see um, how you show up every day and, and getting to see it, not only on social media, but in person, like it's, it's really cool to watch. And then um, understanding the resiliency and, and having that ability to continue to push through, to continue to overcome different obstacles in your life. And just like you said, turning them into opportunities and that perspective is incredible. And I think it shapes you. Um, there's going to be something we'll talk about in a little bit with the leadership hot stove at the ABCA uh, convention here, and you'll be doing it again in January coming up. But um, I kind of want to dive into the new fear. We talked a little bit about this yesterday (laughs) off air, and um, I don't know if very many people know yet, but I'm still crushing it with USF, doing what you guys do mental skill-wise, culture-wise, and leadership-wise, which is incredible. We told Kep the other day, it's one of the coolest things we've ever seen. I love the philosophy, and we'll dive into that soon. Um, But you went through a little bit of fear here, and and you said something very powerful to me a couple times now is, I got to practice what I preach, right? I had to practice what I preach. So kind of fill our listeners in that may not know some of these big new life changes that you've been going through this last couple months here and how you've almost had to practice what you do preach, right? And talk about all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally like in the thick of it still, to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm born and raised in, in North Beach and I always identify with North Beach and people say you're from San Francisco. I said, no, I'm from North Beach. Like that's where I identify, right? Like yeah. it's special to me. I have a lot of pride in that. Um so born and raised my whole life, right? I went to school in Nebraska for two years and that's the only time I've spent away from really the Bay Area. And, um, and I met my wife 21 years ago um, and she had traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast out of college. She went to the University of Delaware. And, you know, I lucky enough to meet her through my mother. She worked with my mother and my mother introduced us. And I said, man, mom, I can, I can, I can find my own like, partner down the road but she <laughs> mom knows best right so yeah so uh you know she's from new jersey and uh she stayed west when she left college and, and we went back and forth all you know for many years we've gone back and forth visiting and, and um and in the last about five years um her mom and dad haven't haven't been in great health and she's been away for a long time and she's she's carried a lot of the burden the shame and the guilt of 
just not feeling like she's not supportive enough and not being there. And so it got to a point where we had talked many different times about the possibility of maybe making a shift and making a change. And, and um, it really wasn't until literally this past five months, six months where it became that reality. We, we, uh, we recently relocated um, to New Jersey. I've left the Bay and I uh, took my, my twin daughters, Eliana and Sophia, 16 years old, my hundred pound dog, my lab, Southpaw, yeah. lefty because I'm a lefty. Yeah, I love it. Love it. And uh, Southpaw. And we jumped in my truck and we drove 11 states in five days during my spring break last, uh, last April. I turned 50 April 1st. So there's some silver lining to the fool that I am. <laughs> Slept in my bed in California for the last time. We're on the road April 2nd. Got into Jersey April, I think it was 8th or 9th. Stayed with her in-laws for um, a, a month and then moved into our new home May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, my wife's birthday. Um, wow. and awesome. We've been crushing it and, crack, and just chipping away at it since uh, since uh, we got here. And so I just, I, yeah, it was, when you, speaking to your point, you know, through the process of making these decisions, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm afraid right now. Like I'm still like going through a lot of the fear, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the, you know, I'll be driving and I'll have a panic attack and I'll be like, Whoa, what? like I'm really here. Like this isn't vacation. Like I have to accept the fact that this is my new life mm. and I need to, I need to figure out how to make the most of this situation and circumstance. And there's no other option in my mind. Like there's just no other option. Like, you know, whether my wife or my daughter say, dad, it's different, or it's, it's not Sam. I go, it's different. We're going to make the most of, we're going to make it our own San Francisco. We're going to make it our own Bay. And that's the the choice that I've committed to and invested in. But, but, you know, I, I, I thought about all the years of working with different players and teams and messaging and just talking about how to handle doubt, how to handle adversity, how to handle fear, all those emotions and, and when you lose that confidence or you lose that belief, like, how do you get it back? And I, I was experiencing all of that and continue to experience that. And I, I like check myself and be like, man, if, if I don't embrace this and find a way to tackle it and attack it and try to, and, and, and dominate it as much as I can within my control, then I am a complete hypocrite to anything I've ever expressed to a player in trying to help a player and really the work I do with players I mean I don't have all the answers I just look at myself as a resource and if they use the resource that you know hopefully it's helpful to them if they choose not to use the resource I'm good with that too um, and I have had to use resources through this experience because I can't do this alone and it's similar to developing a team we may think we can do it alone, but we really can't do it alone. And we need to lean on each other and we need to, to, you know, just embrace the discomfort and embrace the fact that this doesn't feel I'm afraid. Like I'm human, man. I'm afraid I have a heart. It beats and there's things that flood in the mind and, and I have tools to try to deal with them. Like we try to teach our players, but I just, you know, I, I had to, I had to act on it. I had to, I had to embrace it. I had to see what was on the other side of it. And I'm still learning what's on the other side of it. Um, but I, I'm, I have no regrets. I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm blessed because I have such a support cast back, back home in, in San Francisco and coach 
Giratano and the whole staff has been so so supportive. The players been, I mean, I'm just as lucky as they get in terms of working with guys that I get to work with. So, I mean, I'm blessed when it comes to that. So, um, and I get to do it from a from a remote point of view. It's gonna we, we're gonna be we're gonna be creative and it's gonna be um, it's gonna be fun. And but we're gonna we're gonna still do our thing and we're gonna still we're gonna move. We're gonna it's going forward. Mm. Saturday's our first meeting with the guys and I, I'm. I'm chomping. This is, this is actually great for me to be able, be able to speak to you guys because I met with our guy, a couple of guys last night and I was like, fellas, you guys are going to have to help me because I'm not there. Like, and so they're all in though, man, we're lucky, man. We're real lucky, but you know, it's one of those things where I got to do what I said. I think I, I sent a tweet out today, man. It's like, you know, you got to do what you say and say what you do, man. And like, mm. I have to practice that. I have to practice it. And it was a good sort of internal check on me um, to live what I truly believe through my actions. That's in Ray, you can, you can test it too, but it's like the, the coolest thing to me is hearing this. And this was one of the biggest things I was looking forward to. I mean, there's so much awesome stuff that we're going to dive into just, um, realistically and things, but to hear your story, because from the outside, people see, Hey, leadership coach, Hey, he's running the culture or a coach in general, or somebody who's running a business people think that they don't go through any of these things. It's like, oh, you're just helping. But in reality, we all go through the exact same things and these changes and different mm-hmm. things that life brings at us. And Coach Ray had his own last year, over a year ago now. We're into, we're into September. It's crazy. September 1, as we are recording, let's go. And so these big life changes that you've embraced, but the fear is there, right? The fear is real. And that's what I love about this. Um, take us through a day of the mental skill development, culture development, whatever you guys are doing on those Saturdays without giving the whole secret sauce right you don't have to give it all but what is like a day in the life for you when you were taking your team through your program we can totally share the screen too so we can see some yeah i'll get to the i'll get to the screen in a moment but i'd like to rewind back to sarah that's where it really got mm-hmm. built um you know you you had alluded to you know so many kids try out for that team and i was lucky enough to be uh a part of that program and lead that program for eight and a half years and i played in the conference um, and competed against Sarah as, as a player and then, and then transitioned into the head coaching role there. Um, it, it was awesome. It was an incredible experience because you got obviously a sustained tradition in history. Mm-hmm. My job was not to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, I, you know, hopefully I didn't screw it up. Um, and, and so, um, that was that was a big big piece of it um but you know what i realized was right when i got there in 2009 i had come from i just had my my daughters were just born in 05 and i was up at the college of san mateo as an assistant uh, and and then i went through this process to and i'm like man my girls are going to be really little how am i going to do this how am i going to manage it and i was not an on-campus coach i was an off-campus coach but i was the most off-campus on-campus or on-campus off-campus coach you'll ever find because that's what those, that's what that environment deserves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized really early was about my second year, there's, you know, as we all know, there's no, no shortage of talent that comes through there. But what I realized was they were all going to their hitting guys, all going to their pitching guys, all and that. And I had to sort of figure out what you can't win all those battles. Right. So you have to pick and choose what matters? And that led me to believing, like, what is my why? What is my vision for this program? What am I, what do I believe in? And what, 
what am I going to build this pro what values am I going to build this program on? And so it started with when I realized that and I, I sat there and I, I put pen to paper and I was like, ah, that's not, I don't feel that. Cause that's not what I, I can. And I, it was just a, a bunch of scribbling and writing and, and finally just it narrowed it down to, I want my players when they leave after four years to be relentless workers, like value work ethic in their actions and everything they do in their life. So there's the work ethic. Number two, I wanted them to bring the right attitude to the yard that was going to, was going to, it was going to add, it was going to add to people around them. It was going to become infectious and contagious. Um, whether a circumstance was in their favor, not in their favor, outcomes were negative, positive, that, that had to be irrelevant. You're going to add no matter what's going on personally for you, whether you're four for four, zero oh for four, just to got enough on a test, just pass the test. You got to find a way to add to everybody around you. And then it was just about commitment to team. So it was commit to somebody other than yourself, right? So mm. this whole idea of servant leadership and, and giving. And so I was sitting, so I, I you know, work ethic, attitude, commitment to team, right? Words, right? Well, these need to come to life and become actions, right? Like everybody's got their words, right? But like, we, we got to act on this. So mm. that was going to drive the program for me. That was what I was going to teach to. I told the fellas, I'm not going to talk to you about your swing mechanics. I'm not going to talk to you about your pitching mechanics. Actually, I'm not, unless I have to. But where you're not going to be able to negotiate with me is I'm, gonna, I'm a competition coach and I'm a belief coach. And I'm going to teach you how to compete. I'm going to teach you how we're going to approach the box, how we're going to compete on the mound, how we're going to compete on defense, how we're going to compete when we walk onto a field, how we compete when we get off the bus, they're going to feel us. Like teams are going to feel our presence because we are going to ingrain how we compete and loving to compete when A, the talent is just as good as you, and B, the talent may be better than you. That's what we have to love competing against every single day. And so they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you're not going to talk to me about my swing coach? Oh man, I, I, man, you, you get, you'll get hits, do your thing, but I'm going to teach you how we get in the box. I'm going to teach you how we're going to handle adversity. I'm going to teach you how we're going to carry ourselves. I'm going to teach you what body language looks like from a champion. Um, and so, so that was sort of liberating, right. For, for me and for, I think our team. And so, so what they also didn't understand was when they got to me by their junior year, there was so much talent in that community as little leaguers and youth leaguers. And all of a sudden now they're all trying to make the team and earn a roster spot at the, at the Sarah high school, right? Yeah. Every, every dude runs the short. Yeah. So now you got, yeah. you got eight dudes that are like elite athletes, right? But they've never competed against every, anybody as good as them or better. And so, you know, I always call talent, potential man it's like at the end of the day i have to put in a lineup and write that lineup card based on who i trust and that might be the most, most talented player but if you're in the game to win and you you really understand competing at a high level like coaches are going to play dudes that they trust and they may be the talented dude they may not be the talented dude it might be the worker that just believes in himself mm. and so um so for those dudes they had a tough time handling uh, adversity, handling competition because they had, you know, they had never played against anybody as good as them or better. 
And so we just designed our practices where it was intentional adversity. It was, it was, we competed everything we do. Winners get treated differently than losers. Learn that one from Augie Garrido a long time ago. And, and it's like, Hey man, when we want to have fun. Yeah. I want to have fun too. And guess what? Winning is fun. And, and winning's a byproduct of the process and the approach we take. And, and if we, if we are black belts and world-class in our process and we figure out what our team process is and every individual figures out who they are and where they can add and where they can bring value and they buy in and sell out to their roles, understanding their roles can change as the season evolves. We got a chance to be bulletproof fellas. Like I, I, when, when teams leave our field, whether we win or lose, I want them to feel like they are emotionally and physically exhausted from competing against us. And if you can do that, fellas, and you've given your best effort in that compartment, I, I, I mean, I'm, that's success to me. So what ended up happening, though, transitioning to your point about player development, I found that I needed to carve time intentionally in practice to get them in an environment outside the field where we could really dive into developing relationships, developing trust, understanding who we are beneath the surface of, uh, I, went to, I went to this elementary school and I was this elite player. Like we know, we need to know where you're from, where you're, where, you know, what makes you tick, what motivates you, what's your family like, how many brothers you have, how many sisters do you have? We got to start caring about each other. We got to find ways to develop and value the care factor, right? So, and that's where the, the bonds build, the trust builds, the, the camaraderie builds, the chemistry builds. And I found that when we took that intentional time inside a space that was sacred to them, uh, it, it was, it was a, a no brainer. It just took off because they needed that. There's so much pressure and responsibility to put on that Sarah uniform that some kids are just paralyzed by that because they don't know how to they just don't know how to respond when, when it's on them and they're expected, expected to make mom and dad happy, um, make their girlfriend happy in their performance. So they're playing to all these expectations instead of like looking inward and playing internally for, for you and, and the joy and the love of the game. And that little five-year-old that ran around there not caring and playing in your subconscious mind as a five-year-old, all of a sudden it became conscious and you started to freak out, right? And, and, and become paralyzed in performance and in competition. But what we found was those dudes needed that to slow their week down, to be mindful, to focus on their breath, to visualize, to imagine the reality they wanted to create that week. So we structured it where we would go for an hour and 30 minutes on the field on Mondays, every Monday. And then we would go straight into the chapel um, and, it, and, and guys would have to present in front of their peers. And they would present based on work ethic, attitude, commitment to team. Three guys would present a week or four guys would present. One would take each component. And then the fourth guy would be the, uh, the player coach. Hey, what are we doing well as a team? Where do we get, what areas do we need to get better and improve? And so it gave them this opportunity to start to take ownership of their identity and of their team from year to year. But it also gave them a chance to break down barriers see vulnerabilities, 
the game's hard enough, right? So it's take, check this one out. Put, put, think about your 17 to 21 year old self and you're asked to speak in front of your teammates in a closed door room. Like you want to talk about uncomfortable, right? Like that's, that's like, that's like anxiety, like on steroids for most guys, if you're being honest, right? Oh, heart starts beating. <laughs> right. Right. So, so um, it, it, it gave them an opportunity to learn how to deal with that feeling. So I said, if you can't learn to become comfortable speaking to your teammates that we're going to start to build as a family, then how do we expect to trust each other on the field? When St. Francis rolls in, it's a Friday afternoon, the place is jammed. It's going to be a one-run game. And it's going to be one or two uh, moments that determine or dictate the win or the loss. Like, this is a separator for us, fellas. This is a separator, and it, and it proved to be come one. And so that so we did that every week, and we just built it into the into their into their lives. And you know, kids come back today and talk about their experience. And we called it chapel. It wasn't so much that we were hammering faith into them. There was a component of faith, but it was just how can we help these guys develop, learn, overcome, grow, evolve, have fun, compete um break barriers uh learn how to get past judgment of one how do they do that we teach them how to do that by listening and trying to learn about the teammate they're talking to and and i said man you can judge them everybody human human nature is going to judge it's part of life but don't judge somebody until you've taken the time to really understand who they are where they're from what makes them tick what 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 more do you know what more do you know about them other than they played baseball at sarah high school or usf mm-hmm. like once you get past that you start to accept them for who they are and that's when you have 25 at high school level or 35 at the college level when we get to an acceptance phase and we start to celebrate each other's differences and we start to tap into their strengths and we start to learn from them i mean that's connectedness at the highest level and so that's how i built it at sarah and I was fortunate enough. Coach Knox came in and saw one of the chapels and spoke at one of the chapels. And he, he said, man, he saw it. And he was like, this is, I've never seen anything like this. And it's driven by the players. I mean, I poke and prod, but then I get the hell out of the way. Right. Because this is about their journey, their ability to own their ability to drive it, their ability to create their identity. And then, and then they gotta, we gotta protect it. Right. So I built this program built on work ethic, attitude, commitment to team. But then each year thereafter, we'd go into a room and what was meaningful to you? How do you want to build it? What values do you want to, do you want to um, have a shared vision with that's going to align with the culture of the program values? But this is your unique year because as you know, teams change. And so that's where it took off. And then that's when it went into, into USF and I got the opportunity to go over to USF and, and, refine it and develop it it's very organic there's structure to it but the the magic happens in in sort of the natural evolving process of how a team uh unfolds over the year right so that's where it started and now we're in our going into our fifth year at usm and uh, i'm just we're really excited we've had i mean you're only as good as the players executing it and understanding it and buying into it and we've been very lucky. I mean, you can't, you can't achieve something like it takes time to build it. My first two years, I had to build it for them and get them to understand the value of it. And 
year three and four, they've taken off with it. Like I, I'm just, I'm along for the ride. I still facilitate it. I get all fired up for them, but really it's, it's, um, it's their, it's their bus to drive. I just, I just work with them to help facilitate it. We've seen it. And I think across the board with everyone we've spoken with accountability, accountability, self-accountability and, and holding your teammates accountable has been like one of the hugest factors, you know, and, and really in seeing success across the board. Um, Have you seen, you know, leaders in general that you've had on your teams, are they at a higher level of that self-accountability and holding others accountable? I mean, I think you have to lead by example in that department, right? You, you can't have somebody in front of the group saying, I mean, we've all seen those guys, right? They say all the right things, but then when they leave the room, their behaviors and their actions don't align. And that's, that's ultimately what we become as coaches, teachers. And, and it, it's, it's magical when your players take ownership of it and you see the behaviors change based on your team having conversations, whether it's publicly, privately addressing, Hey man, it's, it's here. Here's why it's hard to hold people accountable. It's hard to hold teams and people accountable based on my experiences when they don't know what they're playing for and what their why is. There's no defined vision. There's no clarity in the direction they're going. So when, when you take, when I say, Hey Austin, man, I noticed you showed up three minutes late to practice the other day, man, that's not, that can't happen, but you're just saying it, but you have nothing to, to fall back to that's been defined for the program and the standards of the program. There's, there's some inconsistency there. Right. But if we're talking about, Hey man, we've, we've defined the vision and we've defined the values that matter to us. And now we, it's our job and responsibility to protect it. If I don't have a conversation with you, I'm not holding up, my responsibility to this team, to you. And that's my form and my way of showing you I care. And so I don't know if that answers your question, Ray, but um, that's oftentimes, and and, and, in terms of leaders, I think leaders come in, I mean, all shapes and sizes. And and I think, and I've been guilty of this, and, and maybe you've experienced it yourselves, like you'll see guys get promoted, like social promotion because they're older or, or, you know, it, it, but they really haven't earned it. I think you have to earn the opportunity yep. to lead. And so, you know, I just had a conversation with our guys. We have, you know, our team coming in uh, Saturday and I had three guys on a call last night and said, fellas, like, you guys understand the culture. You believe in the culture. You know, you know what the culture means. That's why you're going to speak to the, to, the, to the objectives of the culture meetings, why we do the meetings, the purpose of the meetings, the benefits, the impact it's had, how it's elevated the program. But you need to understand that we're not actually identifying you as leadership council guys yet. We're going to allow everybody to have an opportunity to show and earn that through the fall. We haven't done that before. My very first year, in fact, I said, Coach, I need, I need, some, I need a few dudes I can talk to. Like, who do you want to point the program towards? Yeah. And the first thing I said to him was he gave me four guys, and I got into a, a, a separate meeting with them and, they didn't understand the concept yet. I wouldn't expect them to, but I told them, I said, listen, I don't expect you to trust me. And I don't trust any one of you yet. Like we need to earn this mutually together, but I, what I'm going to encourage and hope is that you go into this process and this experience with an open mind and 
and give it a chance. And they were incredible. Um, and, 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 to, and, and actually one of the guys is coming in Saturday. He was in my very first year when I came in, he's going to come speak to the team because I think it's important because he, he was on the ground floor. He knew nothing. We have 24 new guys take all the returning guys. Most of those guys were all on zoom last year. So they haven't experienced the in-person feeling of it yet. So I, I want him to come in and sort of share what it felt like for him. And, but, but on the backside of it, what for him and his team that year that he was there and he embraced that, that opportunity and the sort of, everybody says it's sort of a outside the box process and system. I, I just think it's, part of the curriculum for any for any team and organization and if you would like I can I can share the screen and just sh sh quickly show you sort of like the process please yes please, please show us very helpful and if you're listening on audio head over to the YouTube channel Major League University and you can see this live um see so yeah so we got a chance we've been blessed to be able to to the national convention and this was last year on Zoom, but this was this is sort of what we described as our process. This was a video. I won't show you the video. This is one of our leaders from last year, and he spoke about one minute as to what we the, the what, why impact standards outcome. There were about four guys that shared this role, but you can see over here that the uh, the, the you know our goal is to to let to drive it. Um, to to teach our players how to become autonomy autonomous in the process and 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 it's it's the responsibility to learn how to drive this process and and own it um obviously we guide it uh let's see so on the on if you look to the right hand side here so this is this is one this is the template that breaks up how we execute the meetings so you can see here where my cursor is this was uh, this is out of the Heads Up Baseball book. We just chopped the book up, and it's all mental skills. And these five guys have week one, and there's responsibilities and roles they'll be presenting in front of the group. And then it breaks the whole book down all the way down to the final chapter. And every player is going to be up and, and going to have a role in, the, in, in responsibility and presenting in front of their teammates. And that's how it's part of how we build it. Um, you know, we've talked about a few of these already in just conversation, you know, player driven ownership, acceptance, greater than the uh, judgment, stretching their comfort zone, promoting critical thinkers and solution sellers, promoting psychological safety. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, breaking down barriers, you know, Brene Brown and no walls. And that, this was this mm -hmm. was rooted. All this work here is rooted in our guys, thoughts, ideas and creations. This isn't just given to them. This is stuff that we've spoken about that's meaningful and, and that matters to them. Um, leads to car. You heard Kep talk a little bit about confidence, aggressiveness, relaxation, and performance and develop real confidence in, the, in their leaders and themselves and their teammates and, and, you know, aligned with your, your organization here, you know, obviously our goal is like yours, become the best version of yourself. And it's such a, it's such a loosely used word, but it's, there's some magic in it when you do the work and you put the actions behind it. Um, so that's, and you can see here, this is, yeah, there's a couple, this is, so when they enter the room, I'll go to the next one because it'll be easier. So the resources, heads up baseball, we, I used, you went in a locker room first for the first three years. And then 
we we felt like we crushed the, the this piece of it with developing sort of the feeling and the and the team building component of the relationship side of it and we felt like we were ready to like hey we really dive, need to focus in on baseball specific based on what we built with you and in the locker room um with mm-hmm. john gordon's book um so here here's how here how here's how it gets executed if you um go over here to pd meeting plan on the right hand side so this is like what will happen this saturday so they'll enter in the room, they'll enter in silence. So they're not allowed to say a word and not because we don't want them to talk. We want them to really value the time to be with themselves. So it's a mindful space for three to five minutes where there's music playing. They come in and radio silence. If they don't, we kick them out. We make them do it again until they understand the routine and the standard and the system that goes with this process. They come back in. They sit down, there will be a journal prompt with a couple questions. They'll open up their journal and they'll just start reflecting. They'll focus on their breath, whatever, whatever it needs to get them centered so that they can attack the day. Um, and then, uh, you know, you, usually after about three minutes of writing and just sort of centering and we do a little weekly assessment, build on work on. So they'll, they'll go into a pair share and they'll have a quick, we did this in breakout rooms on zoom, but in person it's, Hey man, you got two minutes, find a teammate and share a little bit about your reflection from the, from the, um, entrance. Um, and then, then we go into our presentations. So, and understand that I'm sort of navigating everything in between all of it. Right. So one player is responsible for the chapter summary. One player is going to really experience, he's going to, he's responsible for an experience that, that they can to the chapter based on their baseball career. And if they can't find one, they can go and research something that, that connects and aligns with it. Then another player shares a video either of themselves or a video that connects to the chapter. And then the, the fourth player comes up in front of the group and speaks to what's, they're basically the player coach for the week. What are we doing well as a group this week? What do we need to improve? And they get a chance to sort of, give a give a, a little feedback really the magic happens right here in this and this is goes back mm-hmm. to your accountability piece ray and i did this at sarah and you know it was it was you know people well, my feelings are getting hurt well yeah well I, yeah i'm sorry <laughs> you better yeah i'm you know, sorry about that <laughs> but but, but, e- but even at the college level right like until they understand that it's about protecting what they're building aligned with the vision and the mission and and the standards that they've set and the program standards, it's really, it's just affirming or constructive criticisms that are helping us get better. And so if I, if I come up and affirm you, Austin, I come up to the front of the room, I look you straight in the eyes, if it's individual, right in that room, right? It's, it's game on, right? Like, hey, man, I noticed you're staying down for extra work and you're getting after it. And you're really taking what coach is giving you to, and you're really applying it and working at it. And I, I love that. Keep it up. It's going to click. And then I go up, give them the, the bro hug, boom, sit down. Another guy could come up and it could be, it could be like, Hey man, I just noticed you, 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 you know, Hey Ray, man, you've been complaining, man. You got, we can't complain. We can't make excuses. That, that, that just doesn't help anybody around us. Doesn't help the program. That's not what we're about. That's not aligned with the standards. We need to find a way to turn that complaint into a, 
a solution. If you're going to complain about something, have a solution to it. Boom, bro hug, sit down. And it's just, it's all handled in that meeting so that it minimizes and diminishes those little, those little fractures that happen through the course of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. so, um, it, but I love it, man. If it's about feelings, man, I tell you, you should tell the Sarah kids all the time. And if it was about feelings, and I love all you guys if it's about feelings. I wouldn't cut a soul. Um, but it, it's just part of the job. Um, and so then in there, and then in there, um, you know, I'll, I'll usually say a few words, but there, there's a lot that goes in there. I would invite, put it this way. I will invite you guys to come to see a meeting this year and sort of see how it goes down because my explanation of it doesn't really do it justice. You really got to see it and experience it to sort of feel it and understand it. I mean, I think you understand it, but, um, and then on the left-hand side, this is all the prep. So that the four players that, that have roles the, the, the next week, they have to get all their information into me by Wednesday, 10 PM. And then we put it into a project, a, a, you know, slide deck. And that's what they will, um, all um, reference in the, in the, uh, in the meetings on those days. And then when the, and then this, these are some things that, you know, you can see um, some things that we've talked about in these meetings. This is Grant Young, bottom left, Grant Young. He's, he's actually literally in the affirmations and constructive criticism. So that slides up and he's either affirming somebody or laying some dude out. Um, And so you can, um, you you know, you can get a feel for it. And this is something that the team builds at the end of the fall based on all their experience about, and then this is, this is what we post and we roll and we make it, you know, message it. And, and every, every player does an individual mission and then the team does a team mission um, as a group. Um, This is a, this was an opening slide. This was a, like a journal prompt right here. Uh, and then this was sort of how I gathered some data at the end. Um, and you can see the chart over here. Um, and it was based on their values, trust, sacrifice, discipline, and resilience. That's what they align themselves with. And so they defined those for themselves. And we went back over here and, and sort of did a, We did a Google survey just to get some feedback and some information to sort of see where we were falling short or where we were doing well. But, uh, that's, stop the share there that's sort of the idea behind it um and you got questions about it well no it's just the overall theme like you guys have you specifically have put together this plan that's developed over time and your experience of of running these things has has really grown um i guess last quick question for you is like if i'm a new coach just getting into this and i want to implement this with my my team what's the easiest way to get started without every kid going like Mm. we're sitting down to yell at each other now like (laughs) you know how is a good way to explain that and how to implement it early on yeah, I think you got to start small. I think when I started, started, I had conversations with a few guys in the program. So I, I wouldn't just, you know, say, Hey, team meeting in the, and, and we're going to start talking about what we like about each other and don't like about each other. Cause I mean, it's not, it can't become a, you know, you know, we've all seen that, right. It can become yeah. toxic, but what, what I would do is I started taking, I started initiating opportunities for leaders to, to develop. And I would bring them in one-on-one then I bring them in as a group and in small groups. And I'd start to say, Hey man, I see some leadership qualities in you. And I just want to 
let you know that I see it in you? Are you comfortable with it? Are you, are you, are you uh, open to being challenged to become a leader and learn how to lead that fits your personality style? Because I don't want you to compromise who you are. I want you to be who you are. And I want you to think about how can you best lead? How can you best do what you need to do to perform and take care of you? But then how can you also lead and give to other guys around you? And it may, be, it may mean only one guy. It may mean five guys. And so through, I think it's conversations. I think it's just they need to know you care enough um, yeah. before they're going to buy into it. They need to know the why behind the what. Um, they need to know that I don't know how it's going to unfold. I don't expect them to know how it's going to unfold. There's some excitement and some anxiety that comes with all of that. As a group, we get to sort of go into this together and, and see how it unfolds. And as we go, we refine, we adjust, we modify, we take away, we add, and we don't get pigeonholed into it's black and white. We're dealing with human beings. We're dealing with heartbeats, right? <laughs> we got, we, we got to understand the group. We got to, and, and no better way to understand the group than getting to know these dudes beneath the surface of the floor space right mm -hmm. got to get beneath the floor space get into their soul get into their heart and really understand what makes them tick what motivates them meet them where they are and support the living shit out of them right meet them where they are and support them um and because at the end of the day the goal is you, you want to be able to become the best version of yourself you want to be able to go compete freely with confidence aggressiveness, relaxation, right? But in order to do all of that, they need to know themselves. They need to believe in themselves and they need to demonstrate self-control in themselves. So it's no believe and control. And in, until you can lead yourself, how are you going to, I mean, we've seen it, right? I mean, I was a mess coming out of high school. There's no way I had any shot of leading myself. I was a disaster. Um, I, mean, I truly was, but, but, but when you get on the other end of it, you see that it's such a, you know, transformational experience, you know, hopefully for your guys, but I tell our guys all the time, like, I, I need them more than they need me. You know, I, I learn more from them than I, I'll ever teach them. Um, I just have some experience because I'm older than them, whether it's good experience or bad experience, it's just experience, right? I don't know. I, I don't know, but my passion lies in when those meetings end and I get a chance to go like my first three years, I spent more time in BP with individual dudes, just talking to them about life, just Hey man, like, tell me a little bit of what, what's going on. Like, I mean, I tell the story all the time about our closer three years, four years ago. I mean, like dating a track athlete, she broke up with him. She crushed him. This dude was like a, an elite closer for us. And uh, I said, Hey man, I'm here to listen. I mean, I think most of my BPs were spent with him. I said, but like, you have got to learn how to compartmentalize. Like I'll be here when, when your performance and your outings over, but we can, I'll listen to you, but when that's over with, 
and you you get called like we need you to get hot and you got to come in and close a game like nothing else matters and so just just those conversations just being there for dudes and, and really being there for guys when it's not easy to be there for guys i made huge mistakes as a high school coach because you know i it's like anything you get into the, into the rat race of competing and it's like Hey man, I got to play this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I know I need to go talk to that guy. who's not going to be in the lineup today. He's not going to be happy about it. I know he's not going to be happy about it. What do I do? I ignore it. Right. So I'm like, that's not, the, that's not the, the, the approach I need. I should take. And I've done that. Um, because I just, for lack of a better, just because I wasn't being very good at what I was doing. And so I made a commitment, like I need, whether, whether they're performing or not performing, they need to understand that they're, they're bringing value and they need to understand why they're not playing on a day. They're not playing. And those communications go a long way. They don't have to agree. I don't expect a kid to ever be happy about not playing, but understand why. I mean, Colin Thoreau, we know Colin and Colin will let me tell this story. Colin's junior year. I mean, I played that dude to a fault. Like he was 0 for 26 and I think he had 21 punches. And I was rolling them out there day after day. And I was like, Colin, good Lord, I'm trying so hard to, to play you. I can't keep playing you. So finally I took him out of the game. And I'll never forget it. We're at Sarah and he's on the top step and he's out of the game and he's cheering and he's happy. And I'm like, I looked at him. I'm like, man, how are you that happy right now? Like, I like your energy and that you're supporting the teammates, but like, I want you to be sort of pissed off that you're not playing and like, taking you out of the game. Yeah. But it was, it was also, I think, something that taught me that he needed a break. He wanted the break. Mm -hmm. He needed to see it from a different point of view, learn from a different point of view. And then it, was, it, was, it led to a conversation like, what, what's different about what, you know, not being in there today, but being able to sort of just take a mental break today and learn. And he just said, man, I just, I just need to trust myself. I just need to be relaxed. I just need to believe. And so we can get caught up in all the physical components, but really when it boils down to performing or not performing, it typically is rooted in confidence, rooted in belief, rooted in trust. And I tell the guys all the time, you know, what is confidence? It's just trust in action, right? But in order to trust yourself in action, you have to prepare and you have to be obsessed with your preparation. You have to, to the degree where people think you are crazy and that's okay. Like we want them to think you are crazy because that is where true development happens. And that is where elite greatness happens. It's just not work when you want to work and work when you don't feel like working. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. My mother took me to school every day. You think she wanted to get up every morning? Hell no. She that's got up every single day to take me to school whether she felt great or she felt awful but that's what moms do and our players can learn from our moms that's right <laughs> your your story and everything you talk about has been amazing and and we can't thank enough for even joining us today and, and we by the way we all know Colton Thoreau and uh, <laughs> coach Holiday. I'm sure was scratching his head sometimes too going the same thing out there at uh okay state and love that guy by the way but yeah. um Coach Byer, are you okay with us jumping into a quick game with uh, Coach G here? We got time. Let's hop into it, baby. We got we got a couple minutes. Absolutely, let's roll it. 
All right, we're gonna run on it or off it. I know this is uh, Kep was jumped into this one. He was our second best on this version of the show. So uh, it's gonna be again on it. You are for it about it or a quick off it. You're not for it, and then uh, just a one sentence as to why. Okay. All right. Go. Number one, uh, the Dodgers winning the World Series this year. No shot. <laughs> why? What do you got? The Dodgers, diehard Giants fan. That's right, baby. Uh, energy drinks. Uh, natural energy right here. Off it. Bad boy. Uh, West Coast over the East Coast. Now you, now, now I know. <laughs> uh, West Coast, not even close. There you go. Ice cream. Chocolate vanilla swirl. Oh, I like the I like the blend. Uh, reading. I'm I'm gonna guess. On it. Yes, sir. Uh, summer over winter. Summer. Hundred. Let's go. Let's go. Very good. Golfing. On. You good golfer? Only when money's on the line. <laughs> Sandbagger. <laughs> yeah. uh, living in the country. Uh, tweener. Tweener. Okay, city guy. City uh, guy. Big league chew. On it. I mean, that's all about being a little kid right there. <laughs> Gotta be. That's right. Last one. Uh, leadership programs at every university. Leadership programs at every university. What do you mean by that? Implementing a overall leadership program that's mandatory for all universities. Oh, on it. 100%. No brain. I agree. No, this has been awesome. Uh, you killed it, by the way. You were you, very smooth with the answers, ready to go, firing away. So thank you again. It's been awesome. Coach Bide, do you have anything else for Coach G before we let him enjoy the rest of his day? Great. Thanks for spending the time with us today, man. I took so much info out of this and just so many valuable nuggets. And it happens to be Wisdom Nugget Wednesday as we are recording. So the nugget <laughs> bombs are dropping, baby. We're pumped about them, uh, knocking it out the park. But it was a blessing and an honor. We love what you do. We're huge supporters. We believe in it 100%, as you know. And I just know it's the key separator in all things. And the most important things that transformational leadership that you're helping these guys um, and other athletes across the country now moving into those next phases into their real life. So um, it's been a blessing, man. We're, we're grateful for you. We're pumped to see you. And uh, we're excited to see you at the Leadership Hot Stove, ABCA, yeah, let's Chicago. It. Let's go, baby. That's right. Let's make make it sure you go. Make sure you go. Make sure you get there. Develop that care factor, as you'd said. That is going on my wall. That is fantastic. Mm. So thanks again for joining hey, us, Coach. Fellas, hey, well, thank you for what you guys do and for, for all of the resource you provide to, you know, young, veteran, everybody in between aspiring coaches that are just trying to continue to develop and get better. And I think for me, it's, it's always been a, every year is a new year. And I try to approach it. Like I'm a very, I'm a first year coach every year that comes. And that just keeps me grounded and keeps me sort of motivated and inspired to learn. So you guys have inspired and motivated me and you guys make a great team, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing your thing. If there's anything I can do to help, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Well, you're too kind, and and we're gonna be definitely stopping in if we ever get out there new, near New Jersey. We will oh, yes. be popping in for sure, and uh, we would love to uh, see the, one of these meetings in action. And you you're really getting something rolling. So happy for you, and and uh, if you ever need anything from us, you let us know. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate All it. Right, Coach. Have a great day. All right. Take care.
All right, we're back. Uh, Coach G, man, he so good. First of all, I, I love when he talks about like his development and, and the way his his program has kind of evolved over time to the way he delivers it. Um, but I really like, and I think we need to, to if, if we could get in person with our guys a little bit more, would just implementing that, um, the town hall style that he yeah. has and does with his teams. So, so awesome. I love that idea. Bringing everybody in there. I love where it stemmed from too. He kind of went back to, Hey, where did it all come from? And it was back at J Sarah and one of the top high schools in the nation. I mean, that school is predominantly uh, a sporting school, right? Very highly athletic. And there's a lot of good athletes, Lynn Swan, Tom Brady, Barry Bonds. I mean, come on, dude, that's the top three. That's, that's, that's the greatest three you could ever have. <laughs> ever heard of Bonds? Like, come on, Bay Area, stand up. Let's go. So uh, when I'm, when I'm hearing him speak about that and where his philosophy was developed, he said he had the right stuff. He had the right energy. He thought he was doing it the right way. And then he realized there were some missing components to this. And we need to play together if we're going to separate ourselves. So focusing on the culture. And it's such an overused word. Some people don't like it. Some people do. And, and it can go. It's very controversial. He does an amazing job of getting each other in the classroom, allowing others to present in front of your teammates where you get anxious, you get the performance anxiety. So it's simulating an at bat. It's simulating a big inning on the mound. It's simulating a tough game that's tight at the end. How are we going to come together and rally along with each other? So that was a really cool component of that and seeing where it stemmed in high school and how he took it to college and how the guys have bought it and embraced it and they look forward to it and then producing more leaders i mean the guys who are coming back to the program to share what they've learned to share what helped them in that next step in their life at that job or at that new business yep. they started wherever it is in their family life so that was one of my favorite parts about this whole podcast man what about you no he's just a hall of fame dude you know and and the the knowledge is he's one of those guys and and make sure if you're at the abcas this year and you're interested in the leadership side you get to that talk right that's the hot stove that he's been putting on for a couple of years and then he just he just delivers value he's he's in it now 100 for the betterment of the people uh that he's working for the kids the athletes um which is exactly where you want to be as a coach and a person uh because really the focus becomes on others and helping others and uh the rest lines up for you so uh, Coach G, we can't thank you enough, man. And again, we wish you guys the best of luck starting with fall here. And um, if you guys need anything moving forward, you know where to reach us. And um, yeah, we're just fired up for you guys. Shout out Coach G, baby. Go Dons. Let's go. That's right. So from us, uh, we're going to wrap this up and uh, we hope you guys have a blessed week. We'll see you soon.